It's May 14th. It's Friday. It is indeed. Ellen is saying goodbye after 19 seasons. That's crazy. An Idol finalist is done. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. Tebow is returning to football. But not in the position that you think he would. For sure. Westbrook set a new record. Yeah. A record I didn't know if ever would be broken. A record that I know nothing about. (laughs) That's true, too. I'm Jordan. I'm E. Let's chatter and chill. Let's do it. So, Ellen is calling it quits, basically, after this upcoming season. She announced this week, just this last week, that her 19th season will be her final season on the air. Damn. She started the talk show, I believe, in 2003. Yeah. And it's been on pretty much our, not our whole lives, but a very large chunk of our lives. Yeah, very large chunk. And... I think all of our favorite entertainers have made an appearance on it at least once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really. I mean, maybe it's our age. I don't know. I didn't really know who Ellen DeGeneres was prior to the talk show. Uh, Not really either. Obviously, she's had a successful career as a stand up comedian. She had her own sitcom. Yeah, she was the star of her own sitcom, a very controversial sitcom. May I? Yeah, because she ended up coming out on said sitcom then basically pretty much kind of lost everything after coming out and had to like rebuild well i recently uncovered the interview she did with oprah back in 1997 oh yeah 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 when she came out along with her character mm-hmm. on the show and it was kind of a media onslaught she had the cover of time magazine she did and Every religious leader had a comment about it. Of course they did. Every media figure, liberal and conservative, had to say something about it. Everybody had an opinion about it. Jerry Falwell uh, called Ellen DeGeneres Ellen Degenerate. Oh, yep. I remember hearing that. Because he felt that she was pushing the quote-unquote gay lifestyle on children and you do realize a lot of conservatives like to say that, that us gays are pushing the gay lifestyle on the next generation. As a young person in the community, how does that make you feel? It's like, okay, here's my thing. It's not necessarily that you're pushing, we're pushing the gay lifestyles. We're, we're showing them that you need, that you should be accepting of everyone, no matter how they identify. And there's an increase in visibility there. Exactly. And because like, one of one of the ladies on the on this Oprah interview in the audience and she had wrote Oprah a nasty letter. This is back before social media, so you had like hate mail. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically Oprah played the role of a therapist on that episode. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she basically could not understand why Oprah Winfrey would do such a thing. Um and that she, I, I forgot what words they said that she said, something to the effect of that she was embracing lesbianism by giving it a platform, even though it was Ellen's show. Yeah. By being a part of Ellen's show, she gave a, a platform to it. And Oprah said, I just wanted to be on the show because Ellen's my friend and I wanted to play a therapist. And her major complaint was that she felt that the, the quote unquote gay lifestyle, as they called it, was being shoved down their throats. 
again, which is... But how much of that was actually... The conservative, like, that's the number one thing that you hear is that the gay lifestyle is being shoved down people's throats. It's like, um, excuse me, we all grow up with straight couples on TV and in movies. And straight couples can easily do PDA on public, but if gay couples attempt to, we get harassed or possibly beaten to death. Well, and this all went down in 1997. Yeah, this was all before kind of like now where society's not super okay with it, but kind of. But I was going to ask, if you don't mind, as a member of the community, I wanted to know your thoughts. I mean, because I know there's lots of different polarizing viewpoints about Ellen DeGeneres as a person, as mm-hmm. a sh- show host or whatever. But I just wanted to know what you thought. I'm not saying that you speak for all LGBTQ people, but just as a person, as a member of the community. Yes, as a member of the community. What you feel like Ellen's role has been not only... Uh, in terms of making visibility a thing for your community, but just also all around what she's done. Well, obviously, you know, we we will always say, like, Ellen was kind of one of the first people that, you know, for some of us, we had someone who was a part of the community we could look up to, you know, in terms of we could be happy in living our true authentic selves. and And... And I mean, not that money is everything, but she was also very successful. I mean, yeah. still is very successful. And, and kind of before all of the all of the recent stuff that she's been dealing with, she was a huge like she was an icon. She was kind of that top person that everyone talked about here in the community and idolized. And then obviously she's been going through her, shit and everyone's just like, you know what, we're we're done. Like we kind of realize. You know, maybe she's not the person we should be idolizing, but, you know, no matter what, like, she was kind of one of the first people to make being gay okay in the world. And, you know, gotta be thankful for that. She just did an interview with Savannah Guthrie of the Today Show, where they sat down and talked about the talk show. Mm -hmm. And those allegations that you touched on were brought up. And she claims she didn't know anything about it. She said she learned about it like the rest of us did through the press and that she wishes she had known. She wishes someone would have come to her and said, hey, this is going on. She's, her argument was that there's 250 or so employees in the company. There's not just 50. So she can't oversee. She delegates. It's different things. But a lot of the criticism that I've read from this interview is that how did she not know? Yeah. And there were members of the production team at some points during the run of this show for it will be 19 seasons that she did say disparaging things about crew members and stuff like that. But then I often wonder, you know, it's easy for someone who doesn't work for her anymore to say that you could be disgruntled. Maybe you got fired and you have a, an ax to grind and you just want to say something to Mm -hmm. spider. I mean, I'm not defending her. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the whole, like, she did a show from home and how she was she paying hired... uh, non unionized workers or something. Yeah, is that she, the thing? Out, she hired, like, outside people instead of bringing in her own people. And I think a lot of people show. don't. And that rule that people well, were not happy about that. When you see the Ellen DeGeneres show, you see Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, yeah. her name's on the show, her face, it's her brand, her be kind brand, you know. Mm-hmm. 
there are hundreds of people behind the scenes, production, audio, video, booking, directors, agents. It, it takes a village. It takes more than a village. It takes a city to run a show of that magnitude. magnitude yeah. And that doesn't even begin to go into the syndicators and everybody in the TV network world who make sure that the show gets to air. Mm-hmm. People, sometimes they see Ellen DeGeneres, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes and those people, that's their job. That's what they do to pay their mortgage, to feed their families. So when you don't use your own staff and then you use these non-unionized workers, well, those people during the middle of a pandemic, no less, yeah, they, exactly. they would like to have an income. I think that was kind of like the biggest deal was, you know, we're in a pandemic, you know, obviously a bunch of people are losing their jobs and she's not even, she has people, but she's not choosing to. And she certainly isn't hurting work. for money. Yeah. But but the thing is, like, obviously, she's going to continue doing stuff because she's got some shows on NBC and Fox. I believe she had some Netflix things, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she did a stand-up special on Netflix. Yeah, she said she is definitely not retiring. She is. No, she said creative people need to continue to be challenged. Yeah, she's just kind of ending this one chapter. And how long are TV talk shows going to last? Do people watch linear television like they used to? It's all on the internet now. It's all yeah, on streaming all subscription on services. Yeah. So it may have been time in that sense too. Traditional. Traditional TVs coming to an end basically kind of. It should also be pointed out though, uh, Oprah Winfrey still will hold the record for the longest talk show. She yep. did 25 seasons. Ellen is ending after 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, the impact of that talk show, though, probably a, one of the major talk shows of our generation. I can't think of a whole lot of other talk shows. I mean, no, I can't either. But also just like, you know, you consider the amount of people that have been on that show, you know, that potentially we actually got introduced to from that show. Like, for example, Grace and Chance. Oh, absolutely. We got introduced absolutely. to him basically through Ellen. So it's it should be very interesting to kind of see how how this last season pans out. I don't know if I was surprised by the news at mm-hmm. all. I guess I, I thought the writing was on the wall at some point. Well, and she even said back in 2018, like when she renewed her contract, that once, in a sense, those three years were up. She was done. She was done. Well, guess who else is done? A dude on American Idol? That's right, Caleb Kennedy. Did you watch American Idol? Uh, honestly speaking, I've only ever watched the first season. Oh, that's way back. Yeah, that was Kelly Clarkson's season. Yes. That... That's the only season I've ever watched. I, uh, I I've i watched bits and pieces since then, because, you know, like, for example, Ellen was a, a judge. Yeah, that's true. She was. I forgot about that. So, but no, I really haven't watched it. Do, you remember the whole Mariah Carey, Nicki Minaj thing? Yes. That was like a big blowout, big mm-hmm. TMZ drama there. Yeah. yeah, I haven't watched American Idol a whole lot. I mean, I, I watch, like you said, I'll, I'll see highlights of it, especially on YouTube now. Uh, current judges, of course, being Lionel Richie, Luke Bryan, and Katy Perry. Uh, well, they're at their top five, or they were at their top five of the whole season. So they had the mm-hmm. five left, and then 
uh, Caleb Kennedy, if you do watch, he's the guy with the cowboy hat. I think it was a cowboy hat. You could never see his eyes. Because I remember watching once and being like, you can't see his eyes. And it was like a mainstay. He he made that. That was like his, his image. That was his saying, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, he appeared in a video four years ago. But he's only 16, I believe, now. So he was about 12 years old in the video. Okay. And it appeared to be a Snapchat video or an Instagram video. And he's sitting next to a friend. And he pans over to the friend. And the friend is wearing a white hood, reminiscent of a Ku Klux Klan hood. And he put out a statement. That was the first time I saw anything about it, is that he put out a statement. He apologized for it. Part of his apology says, quote, there was a video that surfaced on the internet and it displays actions that were not meant to be taken in that way. I'm so sorry. I pray that I can one day regain your trust in who I am and have your respect. Close quote. I have read varying things that American Idol booted him, that he chose to leave on his own volition after the video came out. His so he mom, wasn't going to face any like major backlash. And he even said he's taking a break from social media, which, <laughs> yeah, you might want to <laughs> if you read the mentions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, social media, the people on social media have a tendency to tell you exactly what they think and they don't mince words. Oh, no, they can be super <laughs> harsh. <laughs> yes. Um, when they goes down. And uh, his mom uh, spoke to their local newspaper and uh, said something to the effect of they were trying to look like uh, cast members or characters in a horror movie that they had watched. Uh, I, I know nothing about this. I don't watch any horror movies, so I uh, I guess. And then I did read the commentary from everyday Americans and there, it seemed to be rather mixed. Some people said that what he did was unacceptable and that he had no place in a national talent show other people said cancel culture is ridiculous. He did it when he was 12. He wasn't even in the hood. It was his friend. He was more like a guilty by association thing. Yeah. Here's my takeaway from it. Okay. Kids. Be smart on what you post on social media <laughs> exactly. because it might come back to haunt you years later. <laughs> exactly. We did some very questionable stuff when we were kids, but thankfully I don't think any of it appeared on social media. And that's, I don't think this generation thinks about that. So when they apply for their but jobs then again, in colleges. Then again, a lot of our stupid shit happened before social media kind of became a thing. So do you think we would have posted it on social media had we uh, had access to that? I don't know. Possible. But I really doubt it because. We're smart. We're smarter than that. <laughs> I, I don't know. In any case, uh, I think Sunday is when American Idol's on. I don't know. In any event. I think so. I think it airs on They're only going to have four now because he's not going to be there. Yeah. So, kids, when you post stupid shit on the internet and you're trying to get a career, what is your opinion on cancel culture? We've never talked about that. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to it, if I'm being completely honest. It it can get very much out of hand, I also feel like. But I also believe that every action has a consequence. Yeah, it does. If you do something stupid and people choose not to buy your music or people choose not to go to your movie, in any event, who didn't get canceled? Apparently Tim Tebow. Now, see, in my head, I would have thought he would have been canceled because I haven't heard his name in like a billion years. I forgot he was a thing. Yeah. So... 
he is like it's not quite official yet but he's expected to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars but it's not what you would think he would do cuz he played quarterback in college and the first stint of his pros here which was 3 years i just want you to ch- try and guess jordan before i even say it what position what position is yes. he in now yes i thought i heard tight end you are correct first off he's 33 so he's a little bit older than what he was when he first still not as old as tom brady true but yeah he's expected to sign a one-year contract with the jacksonville jaguars at tight end now there's kind of been news about this because it was like first reported prior to the nfl draft that he had he had done a workout with the jacks at tight end you know and there was talks of like are they gonna sign him are they not gonna sign him and the GM has said, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna wait till the draft is done, and then we'll assess it." Apparently, he must have done a really good f-ing job with the workout here. <laughs> Apparently, they've completed their assessment that he got signed. Like I said, Tebow hasn't played football in a few years. More specifically, he hasn't played since the 2015 NFL preseason. So basically, since he left football, he's done some work in the broadcasting booth with the SEC Network. Oh, yes, that's right. Because, of course, collegiately he played at Florida, which is in Gainesville, which is an hour and a half drive from Jacksonville. And he also did a little bit of a stint in professional baseball. Kind of a jack-of-all-trades then. Yeah. Broadcasting, baseball, football. (laughs) He does it all. (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is with baseball, he was a part of the New York Mets minor league system. And he never actually made it into the pros. Like, the highest he got was AAA. So he retired from that back in February. And he has a new job now. And now he has a new job as tight end. But he is reunited with Urban Meyer, who is the head coach of Jacksonville, who was his coach back in college. So that's probably a big reason why he got signed. Should be interesting to see if he actually does make the 53-man roster because it's not a guarantee he's going to because they have already, like, apparently five tight ends on the roster prior to him. And you're probably only going to carry, like, three maybe on the 53-man roster. So time will tell if he actually does make the roster. Look forward to seeing that. Eh. That's not the only sport thing going on either. No, it's not. So, he, so Tebow was a... Double threat in college, throwing and running. We're gonna we're gonna kind of transition here a little bit to talking about someone who's a triple threat on the basketball court in Russell Westbrook, who just set the new record for career triple doubles. So back on Monday, he passed Oscar Robinson in the history books to become the NBA's triple double king. Now, sadly, the Washington Wizards, who he does play for, ended up losing that game by one to the Atlanta Hawks. Now, Robson had recorded his 181st triple-double on March 24th, 1974. And that record has now been shattered. And now that record's been broken. So, of course, obviously, like, everyone's kind of making a big deal about it and, you know, kind of 
slowly saw it coming, considering he's been averaging a triple-double for like the last four out of the last five seasons. He's averaged a triple-double once the season's ended. But, you know, you got Magic Johnson, who during his career had 138 triple-doubles. Jason Kidd, who's now an assistant with the Lakers, had 107. The closest among active players behind Russell, LeBron James, at only 99 career triple-doubles. So he's got a way to go. Switching from sports to music. Music Maditudes, I admit. That's right. And uh, my song highlight is All I Know So Far by Pink. We love Pink. I love Pink. She is all speaking of mainstays of our generation. Pink has been around our whole childhood and Basically, teen years. Oh god, yeah. Well, she has a new documentary. It streams on Amazon Prime starting May 21st. It is also called All I Know So Far and it follows her 2019 tour and goes behind the scenes and watches her being a mom and a performer and a wife. Amazing song, I think. It's Pink I as think we know I've Pink. I've heard like bits and pieces of it, but I don't think I've heard it in its full entirety yet. Well, it is on YouTube and Spotify. And anytime there's new Pink, I check it out. Of course. And I was impressed by this track. So yeah. she will have a soundtrack that accompanies this documentary. And that song is one of them, along with a song that she did with her daughter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did hear about that song. Uh, but speaking of like artists and or bands that were big when we were kids, my song, which of course is a throwback again, shocker, is Green Day's Good Riddance Time of Your Life. And a full circle moment since we were talking about Ellen in 1997, pretty sure that song came out in 1997 or somewhere around there. Yeah, it was It was definitely one of their like big 90s hits. Now, kind of the whole entire reason I'm I'm choosing the song this week is because it's Lots graduation season. Yeah. And I just want to give like a little shout out and congrats to class of 2021. I love that song. I just do. I like it's Green a great Day. Song. Billy Joe Armstrong's a king. Yes. Oh my gosh, Green Day is amazing. Well, to conclude our Feel Good Friday, we got another Feel, feel Good, good Fr- Story. Yeah. Feel Good Friday segment. What do you got? All right. So, going back here a little bit into sports, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna focus on baseball. So last year's minor league baseball didn't have a season at all last year to the due to the pandemic. So of course, you know, people are kind of losing their jobs. Iowa Cubs majority owner chairman Michael Gartner was like, you know what? Due to we don't have a season. I'm still going to make sure that all my employees who work at the stadium get paid. You know why? Because they need the money more than I do. So basically, all throughout last year, he made sure that his full-time staff members got paid. He basically told the Des Moines Register, quote, We kept everybody on full pay and benefits the whole time. We lost $4 million, but they needed the money more than I did, end quote. That's really awesome. Yeah. Going back to the whole thing that we talked about at the beginning again, people needed to be paid during the pandemic. They still needed jobs. They still needed to buy food and they still needed to pay house payments and college student loan debt and everything. Yeah. So, of course, obviously, minor league baseball is back this year. I know people 
like myself who enjoy watching the Iowa Cubs were excited. You know, people around Des Moines who like going to Principal Park are going to be excited that they can actually go back to the stadium. And that's a feel-good Friday right there. Anything baseball, baseball's feel-good. Yes, and also go Cubs. (laughs) Iowa Cubs, Chicago Cubs, just go Cubs. You had to slip that in there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been real. It has. We'll have to chatter and chill again next week. Yeah, we will. I'm Jordan. I'm E. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah, we will see you guys next time. We're not going to see him. You know what I mean. We go through this all the time. You know what I mean. (laughs) Okay, peace out. Later. Later.